0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Best Frenemies. And now, two nerds are going to talk about robots. It's amazing they even have kids. All right, and welcome to Best Frenemies. I'm Johnny.
1: And I'm Christopher Long. I say my last name, apparently, Johnny doesn't. We,
0: people can't even pronounce it, read it, spell it, or say it, so. Um,
1: it, it's true, I can't. Skushdanya. <laughs> Okay, well, Chris. Um so I, I had suggested doing this segment um, in the vein of being a true nerd, doing our five favorite robots. Um, and I put them in order. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, see, uh, once again, I erased something, and uh, Chris did not have them in order. So
1: um, we're going to do no, our. No, no. Now, see, there's no evidence of that because you did delete it. (laughs) Prove Uh, it. Prove it. So now my robots are in order. So go ahead, Johnny. You start with your number one robot or your number five robot. Yeah,
0: we're doing our top five robots. So for number five, I have um, pretty obscure. Unless you grew up in Hawaii or Japan from uh, 1972 to 1975, it would be the famous robot, Kakaida, who was... um, he was actually half man half machine he was a droid and he was half red half blue and like he's basically Hawaiian Japan's uh, version of uh, the <laughs>
1: Power Rangers Power Rangers
0: <laughs> thank you I was drawing a blank there um, yeah so awesome I, I did actually work for some Japanese people recently and I was like hey what's up, dude? You guys know what's up with Kakaida? And they had no idea. So apparently you, you had to live back then in Japan, too, to uh, really know Kakaida. But he was kick-ass, and I will probably get him tattooed one day on me. So is that tattoo going to be right next to your boy George tattoo? It'll be in between my boy George and my George Michael tattoo, my double George tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and real quick, with the People you worked with, or from Japan, didn't know what you were talking about. So even in Japan, you're a nerd.
0: Yeah, even in Japan. Uh, well, and really old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number one robot is the MSE six series repair droid. That'd be your number five robot, Chris. You know what, dickhead? No, I'm no. I'm making that my five, number one. Five to no, one. No, no. Right now, just because you said that and you're challenging me, I'm tired <laughs> of you challenging me. This is my number one fucking robot. <laughs> This robot was used for delivery and maintenance on the Death Star. And I remember the scene in Star Wars as a kid when Chewie growled at this robot.
0: Oh, the toaster robot. Yes,
1: the toaster robot. And it scurried away, afraid, and I was just completely mesmerized. I can't even say the word. Uh, Wondering how this little shoebox could have fear. but.
0: Dude, and I was always bummed that we didn't get that as a remote-controlled toy. You know what they did give us? They gave us the sand crawler that was connected to a cord that went, that went
1: like three inches every five minutes. But you know what? remote control devices in the 70s and early 80s were shit. They went forward and left, and that was it. Yeah, true. True that. The worst. Struggle is real. The struggle was real.
0: All right, my number four robot is the uh, T-1000. I skipped Arnold Schwarzenegger because the T-1000 was so much cooler because he was liquid metal in T2.
1: And uh, super awesome. So, okay, and I, I respect that that choice of yours. The only problem I have with it is I think it's really stupid because in the original Terminator, apparently they sent their B team because they had their A team, Back in what their hip pocket, but they chose not to send the best of the best. That would be like sending Magic Johnson as opposed to John Stockton. That's all I'm saying.
0: Uh, how many rings does John Stockton Doesn't have? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're talking
1: about time travel. And if you want the A-team, the best point guard ever, You're talking John Stockton.
0: You're talking about greatest to the greatest white guy. Well, actually, he wasn't even Whoa, the greatest. what up, racist? Bird. What up, racist?
1: <laughs> all right. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, please. My next robot is from the 1979 Disney movie, The Black Hole, and my robot is Maximilian.
0: Ooh, the red robot.
1: Yes, he was like a cross between like a Cylon and like Emperor's Imperial Guard from Star Wars or Return of the Jedi. One terrifying. One of the scariest robots. Yes, I remember. And up. Let's be honest. This movie was PG. But it was horrifying. At the end of the film, they go to hell. They're in hell. And I'm watching this as a six-year-old at PG. PG's had a lot more play back then. Like PG and rated
0: R was like boobs or no boobs. (laughs) And that was about the only difference.
1: That was pretty much it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. My next one is also a Star Wars robot. I'm going with IG-88, who was also a badass bounty hunter, who was in the lineup in Empire Strikes Back.
1: I'm not familiar with this.
0: Uh, tall, skinny, uh, droid, had a gun, badass bounty hunter. Any, uh, any people on your list of bounty hunters?
1: Um, so in the lineup, was he standing
0: next to anyone? that I w- uh, The greatest Star Wars character of all time, Boba Fett, which we know Chris is number one Star Wars character. You mean the guy who died, who's dead? Uh, Everyone knows that the Mandalorian armor is indigestible. (laughs) He escaped the Sarlacc.
1: It's canon. Seriously, um, for people who don't know Johnny and me, we've probably argued, I don't know, 60 hours over whether Boba Fett actually died in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and uh, we know that. We know that he lived, so moving on. All right, moving on. So on my list, the next robot is from the original, 1978 to 1979, Battlestar Galactica. It is the robot dog called Muffet, a (laughs) robot daggett, which, I did not know this, was played by a chimpanzee named Evolution, was in that suit. There's no way How? they could do that now.
0: Yeah, I don't think, I think there's, we have labor laws and, and animal protection laws that they just zipped them up and let them
1: roll around. Yeah, that was crazy, and I begged my parents for a Muffet dog. <laughs> a Muffet dog. And what did I get? A Springer Spaniel.
0: Did, did you beg them for, uh, for Ewok too?
1: No, because even back then I thought Ewoks were lame.
0: You thought they were Muffets? Yeah. Okay, my next robot... Bishop from Aliens. Good choice. And he rocks and just for the knife handling skills alone, magic.
1: So after watching that film and the knife handling scene, how many times did you cut your finger?
0: Oh I think my brother and I went to the immediately went to the kitchen drawer and started to slowly try and emulate the knife between the fingers. Like, r- ramping it up. So I probably cut myself about 30 times,
1: Chris. One quarter power. Yeah. One. Uh, all right. So my next robot is from the 1979 to 1981 television show Buck Rogers in the 21st Century. Twiggy? BDB. 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 What's Be-de-be-de-be? up, Buck? <laughs> so, uh, and I'm using this opportunity to um, bring up. So I was like six years old watching this television show. I did not know what sex was. And even back then, Johnny, really, are you going to chew your freaking nicotine mint right now? No one can hear me. No, I just did, dickwad. Okay, go on. Jesus, are you kidding me? So, even back then at six, not knowing what sex was, I knew something was wrong with Buck that he did not want to hook up with uh, Princess Ardala.
0: Yeah, the the hottie... Whatever the she hottie was
1: and the scandalous outfits that she wanted Buck as an escort. She, that was it.
0: She wanted the D
1: from dude, Buck too. Dude, it could have been fuck Rogers in the twenty first right? century or twenty-fifth century. <laughs> uh anyway, okay, moving on. That definitely would have
0: got an R. <laughs> okay. My my last number one robot that I got would be Robocop.
1: All right, so in the segment that you just erased, I brought up that I'm challenging RoboCop as being a robot. He,
0: he was dead and then brought back to life. He was a as
1: cyborg. He was a cyborg. Well, to me, cyborg's a robot. So. Is Darth Vader a robot?
0: Chris, I, I like the last segment. We, we, moving on. Go
1: on. All right, moving on. So my number one robot is from the 1985 to 1989 television show, Small Wonder, Vicky. Ooh, Vicky. Vicky. Oh,
0: that, was, that was kind of uh, one of my first crushes that made my pants feel funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the possibilities were limitless.
0: Oh, but you know what? We were talking about this earlier. Do you remember Jamie, the boy on the show? Yes. That was probably the first person I ever saw on TV that I'm like, I just want to punch that kid in the face and I don't know why.
1: Um, I think we should track him down.
0: And punch him in the face? And punch him in the face. Okay, that sounds good.
1: All right, so that concludes the segment, our favorite robot. I actually think um, the first time we did it was better, but whatever. This is what we got. (laughs) (laughs) This won't be the last time I erase the segment, so there you go. Thanks.
2: Every young person has a dream. Making it come true is the challenge. I don't want to be some wrinkled up old geezer 40 years old watching a surf contest on TV and going, yeah, I was good. I could have done that. No way. (laughs) For surfers, North Shore is the place. Rick Kane is determined to make his dream come true. Welcome to Pipeline, bonsai Pipeline, one and only. You dangerous. Better you go home. Yeah, Kook, you don't belong over here. Nobody messes with the buoy But he is an outsider.
1: Seem like a nice girl And there are
2: more obstacles than he ever imagined.
1: Okay, so. <clears throat> I was born and raised in Utah, so not a lot of surfing in Utah. So, I needed to up my surf knowledge, so I watched this incredible documentary called North Shore. Oh, that's a classic.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, right out of
0: the gate... You had a lot of questions. You called me up and I said, you know what, Chris? Why don't we save that for the podcast and let's bring in a surfing expert. So, today we have Ludog Photog... And he is uh, not only a surfing expert an expert on the north shore, so we're we're welcome
1: hello um, and actually, um Nick the tooth was going to come on this episode, but we found out he's in germany
0: oh that's right he is um He is working on cloning his tooth
1: right yes he's cloning his tooth
0: hmm. he's actually cloning. <laughs> He's buying a, some sh- a human sh- being for his tooth.
1: Yes. Yes. And probably work on some like super caffeinated German chocolate or some, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so my question about this documentary. Um, so it, is it safe to surmise that um, if you were going to learn how to surf, you should do it in a wave pool? In Arizona? In Arizona. That is, that is the optimum learning uh, you know, environment. Okay. Because, truly. I mean, we had that in Utah. I mean, would I have had to gone to Arizona? Mm, I don't know. Well, Arizona, you are closer to uh, sea level
3: than Utah, Good so, point. so there might be you know Good a little bit of a, a you point. Know, better
0: thing there. Well, you know, too, this movie was twenty years old now, and uh, you know, I think I think Kelly Slater is a big fan of that because he has his little wave
1: pool going now. Oh yeah, I did see that footage. I yeah. saw that footage of the wave pool. Um, but then also, um. Uh, he won $500, and at the time, that was enough to go to North Shore. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that, yes. Chris. Dude, was that enough? I mean, can you, can you survive <laughs> well, in North not Shore?
3: Just, not just $500, but he also had a, bu- a belt buckle.
0: Yes. <laughs> it w- which was made out of genuine sterling yes. silver. Yes. yes. dude, Given I mean, by the poor man from yeah, k Yeah,
3: exactly. I was going to reference the poor man because you know, he, he did MC quite a few uh, surf contests back in the day. I don't know if everybody's aware. <laughs> Um, but I just was trying to picture, I wish in the documentary, they had followed him to the bank to have him cash that large
1: check
0: as the Arizona's reigning wave pool surf mm-hmm. champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, and then also my question. So I do know, I mean, I, for a time I worked at, at Quicksilver, so I'm knowledgeable enough to know that Kelly Slater is the man. I mean, he's the champ, but head to head comparison, Kelly Slater, Matt Adler,
3: who's going to win? Well, Kelly Slater definitely has the height advantage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, God, I didn't think of
1: that. Well, Mm -hmm. that's why you're the expert. Yes. Yeah.
0: So I I noticed uh, starting out uh, when he was fresh off the jet, if you will. J-O-J? Yes. Just off the jet. Huh. You know. uh, He uh, he went to a, uh, we'll call it a gentleman's club where... uh, he brought his surfboard in. I have been turned away at the door for having tennis shoes on. He's allowed to bring a surfboard? However,
3: this was downtown downtown Waikiki. Hotel so, you know, It might have been Femnu or the Butterfly or even the Butterfly 2. I've heard um, I've heard of those places.
1: I've never been. Femnu,
0: you can actually order a pizza mm-hmm. and
1: eat it in the Gentleman's Club. Mm-hmm. So full disclosure, <clears throat> not only do I not surf being raised in Utah, mm-hmm. I have never been to Hawaii. I've oh. never been to the North Shore. Okay. So, this is all, so this documentary was an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. And so, nothing's changed so, since, so,
3: since the shooting of the documentary.
1: It's all the same. It's all the same? Mm-hmm. So is it true in the North Shore they treat friends mo' better? <laughs>
3: yes. Really? Yes. Oh, yes. Especially if you tell them you're a tourist. They, <laughs> they will be
1: especially welcoming to you. Man. So if Johnny and I were in the North Shore... Will we treat each other more better? I don't know. You guys, uh, with
3: the podcast being named Best Frenemies, I'm not sure if that would exactly go that way.
0: Chris, if you take his stuff, you pound him, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what else about this film <clears throat> should I know? I mean, because I'm feeling like I'm watching it completely with like blinders on. Well, first of all,
0: once you get there, if you can just volunteer to sand someone's board, you're mm-hmm. going to get free room and board. Mm-hmm. That's been proven mm-hmm. by uh,
1: so Turtle. Mm-hmm. Turtle? I have many questions about Turtle. Um, and where can I find one of his boards now? Oh,
3: geez. Probably the you know, Surfing Hall of Fame. Smithsonian. Yeah, Smithsonian <laughs> would be a good place to start.
1: Uh, All right. All maybe right. Jack's down on Main Street, <laughs> Huntington Beach. They would have a turtle-shaped board. Oh, a whole section. <laughs> Can I just go in and say, hey, I want a turtle shape board? You have to do it with a pigeon accent though. Yeah. Oh, god damn it. Dude. This whole new world is opening up to me and I just don't know the it, rules. It is. It is it's All a right, culture. So what else? What else am I missing from this film?
0: Okay, um, well, I know that see, I was born I was born in Newport, but mm-hmm. but I was I lived on L Street, so mm-hmm. that was a shore break. So I actually grew up uh doing the rollerblading of surfing i i was a skimboarder mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
1: I, I get it guys but that's because you don't like going out in the water over your head right is that a short choke again dude i'm only i'm like i <laughs> <God. laughs> only got like half an
3: inch on you <laughs> johnny's like a kid in a pool it's like if he can't touch the bottom and his
0: head be above the surface then, you know things are gonna go south. he I starts l- freaking out i like yeah. the balls of my feet mm-hmm. and you guys have never almost been drowned by your brother that had you in the choke hold from behind rear naked choke
1: you guys were naked. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so you would skimboard. That was your deal. Yeah, that
0: was my deal. And and later on, growing up, everyone pretty much told me that that is the like rollerblading of surfing. So, yeah. really, yeah.
3: I would say you know one thing that you need to know about this documentary is that it is it is a fair representation of the professional surf scene. Um, oh, hundred percent. Even to this
0: day, hundred percent accurate. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, that reminds me, um, if you were going to go to the North Shore Halloween party, what would you wear? Because I'm feeling like a Star Wars costume isn't going to work on the mm-hmm. North Shore. No, no, too Good. much clothing. Lou, what would, you, what would your uh, North Shore Halloween oh, costume be? It, it would
3: be you know, a combination of scantily clad clothing with a mix of Zinka.
0: Okay, so it would be like uh, neon flavored yes, absolutely.
3: clothing. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I would probably get a sick uh, Hypercolor shirt. Do they still make Hypercolor? Where you put your hand on it. And oh, your yeah. Hands oh yeah.
1: That's a good call. Uh, I would actually go as Vicky from Small Wonder. <laughs> yeah, he's really stuck on Vicky from Small You Wonder. know, I
3: heard that as I walked in. I got to drop another quick reference, though. I actually went to school with Harriet. From, Shut
0: um, up. Yeah. Fam-
3: my family moved up to L.A. for one year, and I, I was in the same grade in class as Harriet. What in, grade? Uh, it was third grade. Oh, dude, was she making the film? It uh, the yeah, she was, she was doing. Show? She was doing the show. Yeah, she has already started kind of developing. It was a little distracting. Did, um, that's did, part of the reason we moved
0: back. Did she say hi, <laughs> hi, Lou Dog Fotog? How are you? No, no, no. This was Harriet. No, a neighbor. this is the friend, dude. Yeah. Oh, you know sorry, what? Come on.
1: <laughs> oh, and this
0: was also
3: before I got into my into my professional surf photography career. So Lou Dog Fotog had not actually been. Um, brought out yet
0: oh i have a question for that yes do you only take pictures of soul surfers or um oh yeah good question good question
3: well it really depends i mean for my own personal like joy and art I definitely go for the soul surfing kind of mentality. Um, But if the paycheck is big
1: enough, I'll take photos of anybody. So you're a photo whore.
3: I am a photo whore. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So is it true that soul surfers only wear neon shorts? Is that how you identify them?
3: Not all the time. It's more about the cut of the shorts than the actual fabric color. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, So if you're not a soul surfer, what are you?
3: Well, you know, there's uh, there's certain people that would say, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, spin to win, you know, maybe uh, high, high performance maneuvers, spinning to win, okay. um, you yeah. know, get as many, you know, head snappy turns, you know, down down the wave as possible in order to make the judges think that you've done more, um, you know, but uh, soul surfing is where it's at. That's what I do. To this day, in fact, I got actually, I just came straight here from surfing, but um, you'll notice I was not wet when I walked in because I actually haven't even been. You don't even, fall off your board? Well, no, I don't fall off my board. That's not really it. It's, <laughs> I go surfing as much as I can. However, I haven't been in the ocean for almost two decades because I tend to, to um, more fall in the line of Chandler from the documentary where I really, I just go to the beach. And, and you shake I, your head up and down. I, yep. And I just nod knowingly at the horizon and watch the waves and just picture myself perfectly executing turns and cutbacks
1: so is it true so good point bringing up chandler is that when you learn to surf you should just go look at tide pools to start okay to start. It, yeah. they got water in them right so <laughs> all right um dude i'm learning a lot of good things i mean
0: well, well do you do, you do uh, floaters too
3: Occasionally, yes. Just to make a section, so I can get back to you know to the lip of the. Okay,
0: way. I'm a floater, but I'm a I'm a root beer floater, and that's usually <laughs> after ten o'clock at night. So that's why I can't lose any weight doing jujitsu. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not even gonna comment. Yeah, everyone's
0: looking at me now. I don't know, dude. Okay. Um, what about the the hui? Nobody wants to talk about the hui because mafia is mafia. So moving on i'll talk about the hui. Okay. i'll talk about the hui. Yeah. so so uh they're
3: philanthropists they're right. you know pillars of society um they're on the up and up
1: you know solid solid guys all right there was one part <laughs> about uh the documentary that um i questioned which i thought was a little stage because i just think it was unrealistic what? The, the fight scene the fight mm. scene and they started fighting on the ground you don't fight on the ground who fights on the ground you mean from the knees to start? <laughs> no, well, that's okay <laughs> Okay. if there's not enough room. Okay. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just found it uh, unrealistic. I just don't think an effective form of fighting can be done on the ground.
3: Well, you know, there's another documentary called Bloodsport where I think in one.
1: Ooh, one I have the- seen Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That. Phew, Chris, terrifying.
0: Chris, we're going to have to do that one day. We're going to have to get the wax and dip our hand in glass. That's kickboxer, bro.
1: Oh, sorry, dude. You are totally. Dude, I'm just off today. Soft you know what? Today. I'm going to be auditioning for a new <laughs> best friend of me co-host because mine is like screwed up on Harriet from Small Wonder, kickboxer, freaking thinking RoboCop is a robot, uh, clearly a cyborg. <laughs> clearly,
0: <laughs> you know what? I will scratch both of your guys' fucking eyes out right now. <laughs>
1: uh, and then the other thing, um, the other thing I found unrealistic about the film is that Lance. Yes. He just didn't look like a surfer to me. No, oh, no, too broad
3: shoulders and you know, yeah. way too athletic. Way looking. too. Yeah. Uh, he, did like chest. A, yeah, <laughs> he did not look like Yeah, he
1: did not look like a surfer. Yeah, more like an actor actually. <laughs> yeah. He did look like an actor. No. Yeah. He did.
0: Mm-hmm. Now I actually met uh, Turtle once, and this is during my Fly days. So I'm gonna say it was around 2001, and he he looked a little bit older than the movie. And uh, he introduced himself to me as Turtle from the North Shore, which... um, Why wouldn't he? Kind of broke my heart a little bit. I was like, oh, shit, you are Turtle from the North Shore. And he was
1: there to get some free sunglasses. And I think he got taken care of that day because he was Turtle from the North Shore. Well, I don't know why that's strange because it's a documentary. Right. And then second, but I did like that he went off and to have an acting career, and he was in Tombstone, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite mm-hmm. films. Yeah.
0: Uh, read up on him a little bit. He actually uh, taught C- Catherine Heigl mm-hmm. how to surf for Blue Crush. He was actually the person that taught her how to surf. No, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. And he, I believe he's in Malibu now doing uh, surfing? He
3: spends time between Malibu and uh, does go back to the North Shore. I actually, I've met him too, and I've been friends with him on and off for since about 2001 and uh, told him I was coming here to talk about the documentary and he was uh, in Switzerland actually. So I I think uh, he, he does a lot of different extreme sports. Um, He was also in another documentary, a crime documentary, true crime documentary. um, I think it was called
1: point break.
0: Oh, Oh, another, another classic documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah.
1: no, that's a good, that was another thing. When I saw that in Utah and learning about the surf culture, Mm-hmm. Well, we were going to have Turtle on, but uh, nobody listens to Turtle. So
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> nobody listens to. Been Turtle. Waiting
0: all day to use
3: that one. Effortless. That was <laughs> just so organically drawn into the podcast. <laughs>
0: um. So I. I mean, is there? So well, listen, I. I'm a. I'm a big time movie producer, and um, I'm going to let you guys film North Shore Part Two. What's it going to be about? A follow-up documentary? A follow-up documentary. Oh. I'm thinking I'm thinking maybe BJ Penn could be the leader of the, the Hui.
1: So this is like a where are they now? Yes. Oh, dude. Well, we know turtles in Switzerland right now. So mm-hmm. um, Snowboarding. Dude, that's a good one.
0: I, I'm thinking less surfing and more jiu-jitsu. It seems like, I mean, everyone from North Shore. Natural pr- progression, right?
3: They
1: do jujitsu, right?
3: Uh, yeah. So I, I started going to the North Shore back in 1995, uh, when I was working as a photographer, and jujitsu was way way popular already there. I mean, th- there was people training. We would train. So right across from Foodland, uh, I know Chris, you're not familiar, but Johnny, you might be. Right across from Foodland, there's some trailers, um, that are like community uh community access trailers, like where they teach like you know lay making and how to make poi right and um sticky you know, rice sticky rice that type of thing and um i think three times a week uh, a bunch of these guys would show up and with their trucks and they would pull mats out of the back of their trucks and they'd unroll them and uh, there would be jiu classes and this was 95 so um it was uh it was already very very popular there hmm.
0: so so go to the north shore and get your lickings <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. actually that's actually uh <laughs> So the first UFC came out in '93, mm-hmm. and that was when I first became aware mm-hmm. of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. I had no idea; I had never even heard of it before. So, but it didn't seem like it really started to get big until like the late '90s.
3: Yes. So the, the the correlation between the surf world and the surf industry and Brazilian jiu-jitsu is: Do you remember the um the surf company No Fear? Yeah, that's a Brazilian based surf company, and so they would sponsor um uh was it, uh, um, Valley Tudo fighters and they would also sponsor surfers. And so these, uh, these Brazilians from, from Brazil <laughs> would come to Hawaii and, uh, they would know a little bit of jujitsu and they would be able to like hold their own against the guys from the Hui. Oh, yeah. No Shit. kidding.
1: That's why I never roll with anyone from Brazil ever, <laughs> ever. Uh, all right. Well, do you
0: have any other questions? What about, um, what? See, I like the tactic of pulling the leash in competition.
1: So mm. was that illegal? Absolutely. It was illegal. All right. So you're not supposed to do that. So what would be a comparable move for Johnny, a skimboarder? Uh, to
3: <laughs> to <laughs> grab a couple fists full of dry sand? <laughs> And right before he's about to make his run and approach to an oncoming shore break, throw it in his competitor's face. So, from the movie Blood Sport. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Not Kick Boxer. <laughs> yeah. But he wouldn't need a little capsule of sand or
0: a little tablet,
3: you know, in, right. his, in his waistline. Mm-hmm. No. You know, he would just be able to reach down and reach grab down. it. Reach down. Yeah.
0: What is the percentage of people carrying knives in their wetsuits than pulling it out and cutting the leash? Depends on the time of year. And if you're robbing banks, too. Yeah, See, I'm getting my documentaries confused.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, Johnny, <clears throat> you disgust. disgusting. <laughs> so, my one last question, though. Can a skimboarder be a soul surfer? Yes. All they need
3: is a beautiful sunset and a log to sit on on the beach. Oh, that's right. And you drag your leg
0: to turn. Mm-hmm. I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, Lou Dog Photog... Uh, I believe there's a movie that someone in your family, you're related to, um, that we need to plug right now, too.
3: Yes, my brother Logan uh, just spent the last three years traveling around the world with some very, very high-level, world-class surfers, such as Bruce Irons and Mason Ho, Asher Pacey, Kyle Garson, uh, quite a few other really, really high-level surfers. Um, And it's the follow-up to his prior two movies um, in the uh, 90s—not the 90s, not that far back at all— um, in the early 2000s, my brother produced two videos, uh, Snapped and Snapped Two. Then he went on a little hiatus, had a couple kids, figured some stuff out, you know, and um, for the last three years, he's been compiling this footage. Last night, they actually had the premiere. Uh, it was at the Observatory uh, Theater, which used to be the old Galaxy Theater. Nice. And uh, was able to fill it with about 1,500 amazing just a huge huge crowd of people um half old people like me uh, half uh very young people that uh, made me scared for the future was
0: this a costume party uh no i, I don't believe it was damn it missed the boat again
1: was yeah. chandler
3: there <laughs> he might have been however he was probably
0: just lurking in the rafter
1: so somewhere. packed yeah. so packed
3: who can tell yeah,
0: oh, yeah. All right. well ludog thank you so much for uh coming in and uh and, and teaching us about the soul surfing way that we saw in the documentary. I feel like I have a little bit more. I'm going to throw the skimboard in the trash can and get a log and use my legs. Chris, you want to paddle out today?
1: Um, I prefer not going out in water over my head.
0: Oh, well, your back's hurt right now, but I have some alloy to put on. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows Scrub- that works for refresh. <laughs> Scrub it, gook. <laughs> All right, in that case,
1: let's
3: go. But start at the tide pools at Corona Del Mar. All right. You know, right. just kind of walk around yeah, there. Yeah, we
1: can do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so start with the tide pools. Well, actually, why don't we go to Arizona and go to a wave pool? That sounds that's sounds I studied
3: I studied marine biology at the University of Arizona. They actually have a really good program. All right, done right. deal.
0: I need a belt buckle anyways when I win it. All right, let's do it. All right, well, thank you. Thank it's you, It's been Lou. a pleasure. All right, bye-bye.
2: He spent 15 years getting loaded. 15 years till his liver exploded. Now what's Bob gonna do? Now that he can't drink? The doctor said, "What you been thinking about?" Bob said, "That's the point. I won't think about nothing. Now I gotta do something else." I'
0: Chris, I don't know if you saw who's in the green room right now.
1: How could I miss him? They have matching Daisy Duke and fanny packs.
0: Gold LeMay fanny packs. Yeah, fantastic. We are talking about none other than Sebastian and his, let me say this slowly so you hear me, and his girlfriend, Nancy.
1: And until this moment, I thought it was going to be the Jan Brady fake boyfriend, but Nancy is real.
0: All right. Well, I'm gonna go get him. Actually, right now his job is to uh, watch Donovan. He's Donovan's nanny, so I gotta relieve him and have them come in. Oh, I'm sorry. On pair, Seabass would get very get his panties in a bunch if you called him a nanny. Hang on. Let me let me go get him. Seabass. up, bitch. That's where I sit.
1: Yep, right there.
0: Hey, Chris.
1: Hi, guys. Hi.
0: Syphilis. Syphilis. Is this thing on?
1: Yep. Yep. Levels are good. All right. So, right out of the gate, I would just like to address the elephant in the room. Um, Sebastian, I thought you were gay. That's
0: pretty funny considering um, I'm not the one that wakes up early in the morning and puts on white pajamas and goes and wrestles around with other guys on the mat. Okay. So... um, Unless it's 1992 and... Your name's Pierre, and you're throwing a white party in the desert because those was fucking
1: rocks.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: So you guys met in rehab. Uh, Sebastian, what made you want to hook up with Nancy in rehab?
0: Oh, that's easy. I, I just saw her there in the med line, and I was like, that's one sexy bitch right there. And I'm going to walk over there, and I'm going to straight up butch-style open mouth kiss her with my tongue. Oh, my God. And I'm going to squeeze the boobs, and... um. And give her some spankings. Dude, I, dude, I fucking rocked it.
1: <laughs> oh, and plus <laughs> her dad's a senator. So, Nancy, um, what attracted you to CBass?
4: Well, we started out as friends with Seb giving me makeup contour advice. We talked shopping and hair all night. And then he invited me to his room to see some women's clothes. For some reason, he came to rehab with a ton of women's clothes and a high-end purse collection I would kill for. No, really, Chris. I would fucking kill for.
1: So, Nancy, I mean, you're in rehab. What was your drug of choice?
4: Oh, crystal meth. (laughs) But I wouldn't say I had a problem with it. I used it as more of a tool.
1: Hold it. A tool. How so?
4: Yeah. um, Well, it helped me stay hyper-focused, especially when I was working. I would make way more tips, and I would fucking rock it on the pole.
0: Yeah, it's a totally true story. Like one time she was shaking her, her titties so fast and I was trying to watch them because that's what I'm into now. And uh, I got so
1: dizzy, I passed out. It's a oh, he's so story.
4: romantic. It's a true story. So it, your
1: dad's a senator. I mean, how does he feel about this? Is he okay with it, your lifestyle choices?
4: Uh, well, I went to rehab because he took my credit card away and well, fuck him! Because I've been sober now for 31 days and he still hasn't given me my credit card back. I mean, how much more do I fucking need to prove to me, to him? I mean, hello?
1: So, now, did you have a problem with Mike and I hours? Like, sea bass?
4: Oh, no. I have used crystal meth every day, like, all day. But I'm not crazy. Those things are fucking loaded with sugar. By the way, I heard your guys' podcast on your party days. And I, I thought I was listening to a children's bedtime story. I mean... I have spilled way more wine than you two ever drank combined.
1: Yeah. I mean, Johnny is kind of
4: high bottom drunk.
0: I'll take that high bottom.
1: I mean, I love women. So what's, what's next for you guys now? Now that you're out of rehab, your lives are back together. Apparently what's next?
0: Well, my sponsor keeps telling me I need to get a get well job. But like I was telling him, I need to get a get paid well job because, dude, all the shit you see here doesn't happen by accident. All of this costs money.
4: Yeah, I keep telling Seabass we need our own show on the E! Channel, like the Kardashians, and then we'll be so rich and famous.
0: Well, I keep texting Ryan Seacrest and saying that, you know, we'll be huge for your network. Hold it. You know Ryan Seacrest? Chris, with the ongoing court hearing that's going on right now, I'm not at liberty to discuss, but yes. So, Nancy,
1: if you had a show, what would the name of the show be?
4: Um, I would say either I Love Nancy or Nancy's World.
1: I'd call it Seven Nancy. Sex, Sours, and Rock and Roll. All right, I have one last question. I just, I have to ask it. Have you guys consummated your relationship?
4: once we did yeah oh yeah i did it was okay but poor seabass he got so sick afterwards i think he got food poisoning yeah i had
1: some really bad clams (sighs) well guys uh thank you for taking the time to come in i wish you the best of luck and uh hopefully we'll see you again soon thanks chris thanks pitch
0: okay um chris and i would like to introduce a new segment um, Time Magazine, usually, they always do a man of the year, and sometimes it's it's someone loved, and you know, I think one year they even went with Hitler
1: yep, yep. as
0: a Times Magazine. So we'd like to do Best Frenemy Man of the Month, we'll say. And um, Chris, do you want to tell them who we nominated this month?
1: You know... First, let me preface by saying that I'm a little surprised this individual has not received more recognition.
0: And the glory.
1: And yeah, I mean... And praise. This is one of those um, inventions, I guess you would call it, a development, I don't know, whatever you want it's, to call it. It's
0: a way to better our society.
1: Yes, that, you know, he should have been, or she, I don't know, Do you, I mean... I don't know if it's a man or a woman. Either way, genius is what I will go with. They should have been the Genius Magazine cover person of the year.
0: So let's just let's just get into it. Um, the, when the iOS update came out on my iPad, it went from erase everything of history. Two Internet
1: would, searches. Yes. Yeah. And two, would you like to erase just one hour? See, and you know what? When Johnny told me about this, it, it was genius. Life changing, right? Yeah, it was life changing. Let let's just let's just break down what this does
0: for someone as an individual. Let's suppose, you know, you have you have your iPad and you need to get to some work emails in the restroom. And, and you know, you don't want to bother your family, so you want to delete your, you know, that you're looking at your work emails and search history for work. Um, you look like a savage if you just delete everything. I mean, you are guilty coming out of the bathroom.
1: Oh, yeah. if If the search history is completely erased... What are you doing? Yeah, something is up. I don't so even know you. Another example. If you're looking to buy your wife flowers for... Your anniversary.
0: And you need to hide that information?
1: Yes, because if she looks on there and sees that the whole search history is erased. is like world's most beautiful flower. She's like, you're probably cheating on me. Right. But if you just say, hey, why, yes, I would like to delete just the last hour, she will never know that you were looking for flowers. Yeah, or like, say you want to take a nice romantic spa
0: getaway. Yes. You know, and you want to surprise your wife. You can't. You can't just delete the history. First of all, that's a fight. And then you're like, oh, we shouldn't even be fighting
1: right now. You're you're going to regret this because I'm trying to surprise you. I mean, I would like to know. I want this quantified. I want to know how many marriages are going to be saved by just deleting the last hour one of hour. your search history. Just one hour. One hour can save forever.
0: Yeah, because then it's like, you know. Then it's like Star Wars, MMA, all this stuff in my search history. But it doesn't have to say um, world's best smelling gardenia scented candle for my lovely wife.
1: Yes. Or if your wife has gone to bed and say you're up. Right. Because you can't sleep. Yes. And you're looking for, you know, Pokemon, you know, and it's like, hey, what were you doing? It's like, I don't want to trouble her that, hey, I had insomnia. Yeah. You know, she's well, going to know. But it's just like, just delete the last hour. Just
0: the last hour. And then,
1: you know, nobody's the wiser.
0: And uh, it's it's saving everything. So we really want to just award this, him or her, the Genius Award Man of the Year.
1: The one hour deleter. The one hour delete. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. You saved my merit. This will be our fourth episode. Episode four. Uh, And we have yet to discuss comic books, which is uh, shocking to me because comic books are a very big part of my life.
0: Yeah, and um, I always just waited for the movie.
1: (laughs) You and my wife. But she won't even watch the movie. She totally is not into comic books at all. Comic book movies, nothing. Nothing.
0: Yeah, my wife is is not the biggest fan of comic book movies either. But I have a 13 and 8-year-old now, so we charge it.
1: See, and that's the thing. You can take your son and you're saying, hey, we're going to go see this, oh, and mom's okay.
0: I take the 8-year-old to PG-13 movies too.
1: I'm calling the cops.
0: It's parental guidance. I'm guiding them to the movie I want to see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, up until like a year ago, my son, I'd be like, hey, I wanna go see Captain America Winter Soldier. Ooh, I don't know, Papa. That looks a little too intense for me. And I'm like, oh, Dude, really? Come on.
0: Would you have said that to your your dad? My father took me to Scarface in the movie theater. When exactly. I was like
1: nine. Exactly. I would have gone to like, hey son, let's go see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. <laughs> Freaking kid. Anyway. So back to the to topic at hand. So <clears throat> I made Johnny, I went out and purchased Powers by Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Avon Oming, um, which to me, has a, a place in my heart. I love this comic book. Um, so a little bit about it, I went to film school, and so I had every intention of being a filmmaker, and I had a job in the visuals department at Quicksilver, um, essentially I was a van driver. Nice.
0: And, and did you get the bagels?
1: Whatever they told me to get. Cause it was really the only thing I was capable of doing was actually driving a van. And even that was questionable because most of the time I was drunk. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and actually a little side note, they called me, um, slow lane long because man, Chris drives so slowly. Like, what is he doing? But little did they know that I always, I would drive like a man, man, but I would, drive to pick up drugs and then so i'd have to race to long beach at like mach one and then drive out to wherever they would sent me and i was like oh i was just driving slowly <laughs> so uh but a guy who worked there a guy named ryan Wynn, yeah. uh was had a side gig as a comic book inker And he had told me we were talking about writing and film and whatnot, and he was like, "You know what? You should write comics." And I was like, "You know what? I used to be into comics, like back in the day when I was a kid, and you know, junior high, I would collect comics and read DC and big into Superman, and read uh, The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, and that changed my life." and But then I got to high school and I discovered girls and I started drinking and smoking and comics kind of fell by the wayside. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you have money and it's like you're going to spend it on comics or you're going to spend it on beer. Yes. You're going to go with beer. So I fell away from comics. So Do
0: do kids still do that? Because no one has asked me to buy them beer. And it seems like over 10 or 15 years that some kids have been waiting in front of the (laughs) liquor store.
1: Yeah. You know what? Dude, that is totally true. Are I've they just never... total
0: pussies or are they all just vaping everything now? <laughs>
1: How do they get booze?
0: We used to be like, Hey, okay, sir, um, we're gonna give you here's twenty, you keep the change. Yeah. And then um just put it in your trunk and back up into us and pop the trunk and we'll just pull it out and put it on the in the on our bikes and take off. Like we had it down to where to where they'd be like, you know what? That's that doesn't sound like a bad idea. I'll do that for you guys.
1: Yeah. I never ever get asked to buy any kid beer yeah
0: pussies yeah
1: <laughs> what's going on with this generation dude anyway we come on i'm trying to talk about <laughs> comics <books. laughs>
0: sorry we get sidetracked
1: uh so so this was in a oh man i don't know 2001 and so my friend ryan "It's like dude you gotta read powers this comic book powers by brian michael bendis and michael omey and he gave me a copy of it, and I was completely blown away.
0: Was it the same one you yes. gave me?
1: Yes. This it was the exact Who Killed Retro Girl. Who
0: Killed Retro Girl. It's pretty dope. Gotta and
1: say. it completely got me back into comic books and made me want to write comic books. And it was like, they are doing this... I So full disclosure, I love Brian Michael Bendis. I love his Marvel work. I've read every, his run on Ultimate Spider-Man. Like, he, to me, is the best. I guess he's our generation's, like, Stanley. I mean, he's just...
0: The Quentin Tarantino of comics.
1: He is. I mean, the guy's amazing. So, Powers, I've actually recommended it to people who don't read comic books and have never read comic books and i think there's just kind of this disdain for anything superheroes
0: the payoff in this because i read it last night and the payoff on this was huge like you get to find out like backstories everything had like a payoff and it was really funny there was cussing in it for me if to me it felt like a uh like an adult version of the incredibles
1: you know what actually that is a really good analogy yeah it uh So to me, I mean, really at the core, this is a noir story. This is like a James Elroy, Black Dahlia crime story that happens to be in a world where there are superheroes. And the initial, you know, the dead body that turns up um, is Retro Girl, who is the city's beloved protector. You know, I mean, kind of like a Wonder Woman slash Superman.
0: And um, they're they're trying to, they're trying to tie into, there's all these theories that like, oh, well, she could have been actually every strong figure in history. Like, they're like, she could have been Cleopatra and Joan of Arc and this and that. Like, the face matches the resemblance.
1: Oh, yeah. So, there's all these conspiracy theories. Yeah. Uh The part in the book that I, I like is that there are a bunch of cameos by other uh comic book characters like madman was in there savage dragon shadow hawk all these other you know friends
0: i enjoyed zora
1: okay and and, uh and
0: she she didn't believe in god and that she was her own god and like
1: that's how she got her powers
0: that that yeah and that's how she got her powers Uh, my favorite was uh was trip hammer
1: so trip hammer so i love trip hammer too and trip hammer is like a cross between kind of like this bruce wayne and tony stark like he has this like super suit but you you know he's uber wealthy and he's just bitter but he's he's a superhero
0: he's bitter but you can tell like or at least i could tell that like he had been through some shit and like when they started asking him about retro girl he's like Oh, yeah, we fucked a couple times, but, like, dude, she wasn't the best leg.
1: Yeah, it was like she wasn't (laughs) – I mean, she was a great woman, but she sucked in the sack. And you're like, whoa, (laughs) whoa. And he's
0: he's this old dude with, like, a ponytail and, like, earrings. Like, dude, I loved him, dude. He was awesome.
1: So the story we're introduced to – there's a powers unit that investigates crimes committed by individuals with powers. And we're introduced to Detective Christian Walker. Um, and Christian Walker, I, as I was driving over here to record this, I was like, all right, how much do we divulge? Yeah, because I never wanted to spoil anything. But I, I, this part, screw it. I'm going to do it. So Christian used to have powers. He used to be this superhero named Diamond. And he we don't know yet how he lost his powers but he'd lost his powers and now he's a detective in uh the powers unit so everyone he's inter, you know interviewing they th- all they all know him yes they all know him from his past there's, as diamond there's a
0: sense of history with everyone that he comes across or even like when the other cops are questioning bad guys when when Walker comes in the room, they're like, oh shit, hey, what's up? And they they stop all their bullshit when he walks in the room.
1: Yeah, and there's, I mean, so there's, so with the other cops, and I was trying to think too, because I've read so much of this series, and I'm trying, I mean, some of it kind of bleeds over, so it, tell me if I'm wrong or not, but at some point, the other cops begin to question where his loyalties lie, like, are you with us, are you with the powers, since you had power. So are you trying to protect them? Or are you trying to?
0: Only the smart ass cop, the one that they keep calling chin okay.
1: pubes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And, um, and Dina, his new partner, Dina Pilgrim in the, in the book, she doesn't know anything, but she.
1: just she, piecing it together. Yeah,
0: She can totally sense what's going on.
1: I mean, there are conversations that she's privy to with Christian and like Zora or Christian and, johnny royale johnny royale and i'm gonna start calling you johnny royale by the way
0: oh well i i love his uh real name Johnny stumpinato <laughs> 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 who goes by johnny royale when i read johnny Stampinato, i was like fucking johnny Johnny thumbinato <laughs>
1: yeah no you probably want to go by royale uh so christians having these conversations and they're loaded with subtext and Things that actually aren't being said, so she's picking up on it she's putting piecing together that her new partner has a past.
0: you know what else I like that I that I love seeing as far as visuals go in the in the comic book is you know they'll be standing talking having a, a deep conversation on like a rooftop. And in the background you'll see like a s uh someone with powers flying over their head and there's like a jet stream of fire. Yeah. And they don't even like acknowledge it. It's just like, well, it's it'd like be a like, plane flying Yeah, over it would overhead.
1: be like a plane flying overhead, you're not even gonna give it a second glance. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. So I am a sucker for noir. You know, I love a good detective story. So powers combines, does a wonderful job of merging two genres of noir and superheroes. And I understand there's a prejudice against superheroes. I mean, I guess it's okay to go and watch the new Marvel movie or go watch the Avengers, but I think people tend, I mean, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny. You tell me. Is it lame to like superheroes?
0: No, I did. I dig superheroes and uh, I really enjoy their movies. I like, I like the popcorn movie, the make it loud, make shit blow up, have a cool origin story.
1: So I was once told though, by a high school teacher that he would rather his students catch him walking out of a porn store <laughs> than a comic book store. Cause it's just the stigma attached to comic books is so bad which you know
0: yeah, I, but I'd say somewhere around around 2000 the nerds inherited the earth and everything that I always liked became cool all of a sudden
1: I mean I think there is a stigma of reading comic books like in public like an adult I mean you see it a little bit more now I mean there's some
0: well, there's, there's also, it's, it's not a, it's not a apple pie. Like they, you can get some pretty violent and, oh, and no. cussing like this.
1: Powers we, is not the comic book you remember as a kid.
0: No. And the, and there's a little girl in it. Her name is, uh, Calissa. And she, she asked some questions that like made me uncomfortable to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like
1: what is a clitoris yes and everyone all the adult like uh yeah
0: i don't know how come everyone keeps saying that yeah yeah it's not your mom and dad's comic book
1: so i have probably recommended powers went out and actually bought the book for people to read i don't know probably like 20 times and
0: i've done that with music
1: i don't know if how many people have actually read it I mean, I'm going to call out Coach Jeff right now. I gave him the book to read like a year ago. I'm not entirely sure he's read it. but
0: It's, it's just pri- prioritizing.
1: You know, whatever. So my other story, and we can wrap this up. Um, so I read Powers, got me into comic books, made me want to write comic books. So probably this was maybe four years after this, I had my first published comic book come out called Easy Way. And I sent it to Brian Michael Bendis, the creator of Powers, with a note on it saying, hey, Powers got me back into comic books, so easy way, you're responsible for easy way whether you like it or not. So I sent it to him, never heard anything back from him, and then a friend of mine called me up and was like, hey, uh, dude. I was just listening to this interview, and Brian Michael Bendis mentioned you.
0: He name dropped you. Yes, Uh, dude. That like, so your hero name dropped you. Yes, that's
1: pretty awesome, dude. So he was like, the interviewer asked him, like, "Hey, what have you, uh, what comics have you read recently you really liked?" And I can't remember the other two. Who cares? But then one of them was like, "Yeah, you know, Easy Way uh, by Christopher Long." Uh, He sent it to me and gave me a really nice note, and it's a really good read. So that was. A huge, huge thing for me
0: dude, that's awesome yeah that's now did you ever uh send it, did you ever correspond any no that was enough
1: yeah that was that, uh, my job was done.
0: you didn't want to seem like a psycho fan at that point
1: I didn't want to be like a stalker <laughs> but uh yeah, so anyway, that is our first comic book discussion
0: nice yeah I, I did I, I, and as being someone that's not really you know has that much experience with comic books. I think that it was a great, it was a great one for me. Like, like I said, there's a lot of reveal. The payoff is awesome. There's a lot of humor where they were, uh, they asked all the good guys where if they knew what, uh, something on spray paint on the wall meant. And they all said, no, no, no. And they said, well, maybe we should ask the whole gang of bad guys. And the bad guys started saying no, no, no. Then, then there's a bad guy that says, fuck you. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh out loud reading it. And, uh, Dude, that whole scene
1: was amazing, and it's that's awesome. where a lot of the cameos came in um comic book cameos um yeah, that was a whole that but was a great scene
0: it's basically it's it's a great one that you can just jump in and you know what a couple people have told me that we don't ever give recommendations on our podcasts ah. so for music this this podcast, I'm gonna say um if you like Pink Floyd check out doom side of the of the moon which is the uh, the swords guitarist he did a little side project and covered dark side of the moon but made it way more metal and it's a it's a fun one to check it out you know go on YouTube you can hear all the songs um, do you have a comic book recommendation just one you want to throw out there for people
1: well okay so obviously powers I'm gonna recommend but then the second one I will recommend um, it's called My Friend Dahmer.
0: Oh, I want. I and they're wanna, actually, I read
1: that. it's. I don't know when the movie's coming out. They actually adapted it into a movie. It's
0: Jeffrey Dahmer's high school friend. Yes,
1: right? who right? And it is really. I'm gonna, dude. Super brutal, dude. <laughs> it's rough. Like they're... red flags that you're like. I mean, it's hindsight's twenty twenty. But you're this guy's perspective and the things Jeffrey did, and you're like, so from. Through the prism of knowing what you know, you're like
0: signs are there.
1: Oh, dude, this guy was fucked up from the get go. Like, it it's rough. It's but it is an amazing, amazing book. But it makes me feel dirty.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Also for TV, I just want to throw out there uh, a good show that just wrapped up last week. But you can, it's on Showtime, and it's called "I'm Dying Up Here." And it's about the 1970s stand-up comedy scene. And it's a lot more drama than comedy. It's a dramedy show. But it's really good. And everyone should check that out. I'm dying up here on Showtime.
1: I will check it out, Johnny.
0: All right. Well, there's some recommendations so you guys can all stop. Oh, and one last thing. Um, if you download this, please uh, leave us five stars and uh, a review. Because we want to we wanna start getting that boosting that up there so maybe one day we could actually pay Sebastian to uh to the chores around the studio he's
1: an unpaid intern
0: <laughs> all right thanks everybody